This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 132. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And if you're learning a foreign language, whether it's your first language or your 10th and you're in the right place, twice a week, you get episodes to help keep you motivated, informed, and just generally think about what you're doing with the hope of improving your approach and becoming fluent faster. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. So take a second to hit that subscribe button. That will make sure that you get these episodes delivered to you twice a week automatically without you having to worry about forgetting about them. We've got a fantastic question today about the FSI, the Foreign Service Institute courses, and what are the potential pros and cons of them. But before we do that, I'd like to take a second to thank the sponsors of the show who are italki. And italki are a website who are kind of a marketplace for teachers. So if you're, look, if you're looking for a teacher or for a speaking partner or even just a language exchange partner, something like that, you can find them, uh, someone of the nationality you want, who speaks the language and the dialect you want, very easily on italki. And to get a free lesson... Simply go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Right, I love this question. Let's get into it. Hi, Ollie. My name is Ennis and I'm from Scotland. I'm currently working my way through learning German. Uh, I first decided to learn German as an adult about three years ago, but left it quite soon after, as it was always easy to find other things to get in the way. Now that I've done some professional exams through my work and I don't have any upcoming exams, uh, I have gone back into German as an alternative hobby and I think language learning is fantastic. With the help of your podcast, I feel I'm making realistic progress and I'm setting appropriate goals and understanding my strengths and weaknesses. My question relates to the FSI language courses. I know you use these courses in the early stages in your Cantonese learning. I found the FSI German courses to be useful in their approach to encouraging pronunciation and drilling, but I'm unsure as to how useful these will be ongoing. There's clearly a lot of material there for free, which would be an advantage, but its quality is uncertain. I wondered if you would be willing to answer on your podcast whether you felt the FSI courses were appropriate and at what level, whether beginners would find them better than intermediates or whether there are aspects that are useful to both. Thanks again for a great podcast. Okay, Ines, thank you very, very much for a great question and thank you for the compliments on the podcast as well. Uh, Much appreciated. It's always motivating for me to hear that uh, you guys are taking some, some benefit from this. So thank you very much. This is a, fan, a fascinating topic because it really digs down into the heart of what we should all be doing as language learners, which is to critically evaluate the methods that we are using with a view to um, becoming more efficient and better learners. Now, the FSI, for those of you who don't know, um, FSI stands for Foreign Service Institute, and this is the American Foreign Service. They... Uh, this, we're talking in terms of time period, we're talking like post-war, so early 1950s. They developed a series of courses for te- to teach their foreign servicemen the language that they needed to go on their post um, in what they believed at the time to be the fastest, most efficient way possible. And they developed these huge courses in lots of different languages um, that are f- now freely available in the public domain. So 
you can go and find these courses. And a lot of people do go and search out these courses because they hear, oh, the FSI courses are there. They're free. They are developed by the American Foreign Service. You know, how how can I possibly go wrong using uh, something like this? You know, something that's, that's, that's kind of designed by the military and it's totally free. Sounds good, right? Okay, where to where to begin with this? Well, let's put this in context. The um, the the Foreign Service Institute courses are based on a teaching methodology that's known as the audiolingual method. Now, this was this was developed around the same time, which is why it was used for these courses. There were um, the in behavioral psychology around that time. There was a an, a very popular principle which was um, called behaviorism or behavioralism i think it's called or let's keep it simple the behaviorist principle and this is the idea that the solution for teaching in general was to get you to imitate and copy and by imitating and copying things you would thereby develop the ability to do that thing well much the same way as if you have rats in a cage you can train them not to eat the cheese because they'll get an electric shock if they do that kind of thing this was all the rage it was it was um spearheaded by a guy called skinner who was a real proponent of um of behavioral psychology and lots of people tried to extend this principle to things like language learning and as we're going to see the big question is can you take a behaviorist approach to language learning can i can I say to you, okay, do this, now do that, now do this, now do that, and be sure that you will uh, learn to speak the language as a consequence. Well, the taking a step back now, a bit of a fast forward, the this approach to language teaching, behaviorist approach to language teaching, has been largely discredited now as a methodology, which is to say that there are too many holes that people have picked in it. And we'll get into some of these uh, in, in in a little bit. But I want to, before I get into that, I want to kind of take a step back and say that while it's true that the like, a behaviorist methodology has been largely discredited now, the problem is find me a methodology that hasn't been discredited or find me a methodology that hasn't got holes all over it. The thing is, when we are, as language learners, when we are looking for and considering methodologies to use, and this is something I sent out, coincidentally, I sent out in a, in a tweet a couple of days ago, um, which was, what I said was the, I think it was something like, the mediocre methodology that you actually follow is infinitely preferable to the, um, to the perfect methodology that you never find. And the big danger for us as language learners, and I see this all the time, is people are like, does this work? Does that work? They're always searching for the perfect method. And before they know it, the days, the weeks, the months, the years go by, and they haven't actually done any work. Okay, any Pretty much any language methodology out there, any book that's been thoughtfully written, doesn't matter whether the methodology is is uh, you know stands up to critique or not anything that's been thoughtfully written if you actually sit down and follow it is going to be very powerful for you is it the best thing out there maybe not but it doesn't matter because no one solution no one methodology is ever going to get you the results that you want i mean it, it, that much should be obvious but often often it's not and so like 
to a certain extent, this whole conversation is kind of moot because, because like, if we are looking to one language course to solve all our, all our problems, then we're, we're asking the wrong questions. Okay. So I wanted to just lay that, lay that groundwork and kind of plant a flag in the ground really to, to say that whatever one thing we're looking for, it's not going to, to be the solution. So let's talk about the audiolingual method in a bit more detail. I, you're right in this. I did use FSI when I started speaking uh, or learning Cantonese rather. And, um, it was interesting at first and certain things about it were very effective. I have to say, I got bored out of my mind, um, before too long and didn't get really get very far into the course. The, it's very kind of dated and, um, the, just, just generally difficult to, to, to follow along. Um, but that's, that's just me. And I'm, you know, the first to say that I'm a pain in the ass when it comes to being a student of anything. You know, I like to do the things the way that I like to do it. And so the fact that I didn't get on with it doesn't mean that you won't. And lots of people I know do. And, you know, listen, I'm sure that those foreign servicemen who went through these courses in the fifties, I got sensational results. But, you know, the people that, you know, those people that did go on to learn the language fluently and do really well, they, you know, who's to say whether it was because of the FSI training or in spite of it, because those people would have gone to the country, started to integrate and learned a lot more uh, as a result. So the FSI courses, they have a certain, they have a number of very interesting features and very good features as well. They focus on pronunciation from the very beginning. So you will get drilled over and over on pronunciation, which is great. There is a focus on the, the sentence, which, um, you know, as any of you who follow my stuff will know, I'm a big proponent of, of looking at the whole language, right? So don't just learn single words, learn full sentences. They're going to give you much more bang for your buck. FSI and the audiolingual method do focus on sentences. And what they tend to do is they will take a structure or a sentence and then they will, you'll get endless drills on this. Okay. So, there's a lot of what you call uh, transformation drills. So you take a sentence and the teacher will say, right, now transform it in this way. So for example, the teacher might say, there is a knife on the plate. Um, and then the students will repeat, there's a knife on the plate. Now, then the teacher might say, spoon. And the teachers have to, and the students have to say, there's a spoon on the plate. Um, uh, book. There's a book on the plate, <laughs> whatever. This is the, this is the, the kind of basic idea of this method. So you, you learn to manipulate language in full sentences and transform things. You would continue that kind of example with grammar and with lots of other different stuff as well. And there is a general focus on listening and speaking. So you will be listening and speaking from the start. Okay? This is the essence of the audiolingual method. It's, it's lots of drills, um, learning complete sentences and doing that over and over again. For languages like Chinese, they actually introduce the reading and writing at a much later date, which, uh, well, for better or for worse, I won't get into that right now, but there is a fo- the important thing is that there is a focus on listening and speaking. So you, you know, much like the Pimsleur method, for example, if, you, if anyone is familiar with that, Anyone who's used PIMSA will know that it's extremely effective in getting you talking and saying a few things right at the beginning. You learn them very quickly and you learn them very well. The problem with PIMSA is that you don't learn much. You know, you spend a couple of hundred dollars on this thing and you only learn like half a dozen sentences. Uh, 
I'm exaggerating, but it's it's not very effective in the long term, but it's very effective at getting you up and running. And I found a very similar thing with with FSI. You, if you are able to follow it, uh, then you get strong grounding in pronunciation. You will learn very uh, useful, effective sentences right from the beginning. And the other big advantage, which, as we will see, is also one of the major disadvantages, is that it is very good for use in the classroom. The audiolingual method like this is a very, very teacher-centered method. So the teacher is directing everything that happens. And this was a big strength because in that scenario, in post-war America, when they wanted to train as many foreign servicemen as possible to get out around the world and, you know, learn languages and be be efficient and effective, it had to be a method that was transferable and scalable in the classroom. And that's one of the main strengths of the FSI method. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it has, you know, fairly quickly after it became very popular, and we're talking kind of early 60s now, the, it, it, it became so heavily criticized and critiqued that it lost its credibility really as a, as a, as a proper method. And so then, you know, then the search began for more methods and, you know, they have since in time been discredited as well. So what are the problems with FSI? Well, I guess I should, let me say that these again are the same kind of critiques you can make of any method. So you know, if if you as the learner are out there in the real world doing, using the language, speaking with people, immersing yourself in it, that, you know, you will, this, this stuff doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there. But it is kind of interesting as f- from a pedagogical point of view. So um, the fact that it's very teacher-centered makes it great for a classroom, but it doesn't make it great for the students. Okay, now the, here's the difference. If you were a foreign serviceman in the 50s and you had, I don't know, 40 hours a week of language training, yeah, this is going to work. Of course it is. But if you, Inessa, are sitting at home and you're using this by yourself, you are directed by the teacher who's not actually there and who can't give you any feedback. And you don't have any self-direction in your learning. So it's a very, very prescriptive method. The skills are separated. They focus on, okay, now we're going to do speaking and now we're going to do listening and now we're going to do writing. Um, That, for me is not a smart way forward. It doesn't train you to to use the whole language, which I mentioned earlier. The, the fact that the skills are separated and the entire methodology is based around repetition and transformation, it's a classically behaviorist approach. And it means that you you don't you don't have the space and the time to stop and critically process and analyze the language that you're that you're being taught. Like, you know, one of my main beliefs about language learning is that you have to be critical. You have to take the time to do the hard work. You have to be presented with a dialogue and rip it apart. Take the time to struggle with it and analyze it and understand what's going on. That is extremely important as part, as an integral part of the learning process. And the problem with FSI for me is that it doesn't give you the space to do that. It it assumes Right, if I teach you these 100 phrases, you're going to be able to go out and use them. So you don't have the self-direction. You don't have the space to critically analyze stuff. 
but then and then that leads us to the major question of all which is which is what we might call communicative competence now we're getting quite technical here so bear with me but communicative competence is all about well it, it's this it's to say okay you might know 10 phrases in the language but can you go and use them and interact and reply and actually put that to work in conversation now with a method like this, where, where it's all based around repetition and it's all based around uh, transformation and, uh, you know, rote drilling, basically, rote learning, rote drilling. With a method like this, there is no accounting for interaction with people. You know, you will get very good at learning to say certain phrases and going out and using them. But, you know, what, how does, the, you know, how do we account for how you can actually use and interact in the language? Now, you could say, well, a, a teaching methodology should doesn't have to do this. You know, you learn this stuff when you go out there into the real world. Maybe so. But I would much prefer, you know, my approach to language learning is to integrate speaking and real communication right at the beginning as a part of the methodology for the very reason that by doing so you learn to communicate you learn to use the language you learn to develop this communicative competence and so for me there is not enough focus in fsi on using the whole language you know being given a text and say get your hands dirty go and understand it or there's a person or here's a teacher let's have a conversation for half an hour where we just focus on meaning and we just focus on talking i'm not even going to correct you we're just going to focus on you know on 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 having a discussion and communicating for me like that's the stuff that needs to be at the heart of 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 a really strong methodology and it's the kind of thing that you can do when you're self-directed so rant over what does that mean for you well I don't know, <laughs> really, because here's the thing. If you take FSI and you you enjoy the method and you go through it and you use it for everything it's worth and you get something from it, and at the same time as using it, you go out and you read books in German and you speak to people, you have conversations, you use them, immerse yourself in the language, that's fantastic. Who am I to criticise that? That, that? That's really great. Um, the, the critique I've just given of the audiolingual method is just that. It's a critique of that method. But as I said at the beginning, you know, we shouldn't be using one method at all. You know, we should be doing tons and tons of different things. So the conclusion I'm going to come to in this is that if you like it and if you feel that you're learning from it, then, you know, knock yourself out. Go for it. You you will know when it comes time to stop, I think, because you'll be kind of, uh, you'll start to get bored like I did with it. You know, you'll start to get bored. You'll start to feel that the you could be using your time in a more efficient way. And at that point, um, then it's time to change things up and to correct course and to reassess. And that's when you kind of come back to the podcast and you ask the next question and you say like, you know, here's where I'm at. Um, this is what I'm struggling with. You know, like, I've, you, you know, I, I've used FSI for six months. I've, I know tons of stuff, but I don't understand anything or I can't have natural, you know, that, that kind of thing. Course correcting at a later date. So, um, the other point that I've seen mentioned about FSI is uh, it's free. And a lot of people, I think, I, I have seen people gravitate towards FSI and use it simply because it's free. And they think, well, it's free. So, uh, you know, I, um, I really should use that. Like, I don't know. I, I've got very strong opinions about free. I've always found my, myself that f- 
it doesn't matter how good something is. If, it, if it's free, I instinctively don't value it so much. <laughs> like in inside, I I I tend to I like to kind of pay for lessons or buy courses and things because then I've invested something. I've got some skin in the game, if you like. And I find that personally, I take stuff much more seriously once I've actually made an investment in it. But it's just me. But psychology is funny like that, you know. So I, I would certainly say don't get too. Um, sidetracked or persuaded by the fact that the course is free because you know it's much more important to find a methodology that works for you and that fits with you and if it means you have to spend you know 30 40 dollars buying that resource from a bookshop well you know so be it it's it's money well spent i think so i hope that was helpful i've gone on for wow quite some time but this was i think a very very this it's a question that cuts to the heart of uh, a lot of what we talk about here on the podcast so thank you Ines, for asking the question uh, if you would like to ask me a question, then please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask. And finally, I'd like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show as usual. And what else could I possibly leave you with than uh, a link to the FSI courses? I'll put them in the show notes. They're all totally free. Tons of languages, different dialects of Arabic, Japanese, Chinese. Like you can really have a lot of fun. Um and if you would like the link to that, go to the show notes, which will be at IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 132. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast.